Welcome to AP GoPocast from Whitman Hanson Regional High School in Whitman, Massachusetts. I'm history and government teacher Steve Botello. And joining me every episode are students from our Advanced Placement United States Government and Politics course to share their insights on current political news stories in these turbulent times. Student guests will discuss the facts and sources of these stories make connections to our curriculum, and most importantly, share their own opinions on the big issues of the day. This is AP Go Podcast Season 2, Episode 2, recorded on January 6th, 2021. Today I'm joined by Eve, Emma, and Alyssa, and they're going to be discussing our class topic of federalism and how it connects to the coronavirus and race relations. All right, so we are recording today, what is it, uh, January 6, 2021. Welcome to 2021. It's very exciting. Uh, I am joined by Emma. Emma, would you say hi to the, the folks at home? Hello. Hello, and Eve? Hello. And Alyssa? Hey, guys. There we are. All right, so we're going to hear from these ladies today on a couple of different topics. And we're going to begin with the, the topic of the coronavirus. Uh, Eve, why don't you start us off? What is it that you want to say about this and how it relates, what this has to do with our current events and what we're doing in AP government? Yeah, so um, my article was actually called One Virus, Two Americas, and it had to do with how the country's almost facing two different issues because the states pretty much determine their coronavirus response, but the nation as a whole is doing very poorly with high cases and deaths. Um, and it related to federalism and constitutionalism because um, the proper allocation of power between the state and federal governments are very like skewed and there's a lot of miscommunication going on. So some states are getting um, their doses of the vaccine sooner than others. And the rollout process is a little bit different. There was also no federal mask mandate. Um, only states like could regulate that. So it just shows how the coronavirus is being handled by each state. And it's very difficult to say, well, the country is doing bad as a whole, but these each individual states are doing better. And that's why it's hard to control the virus because each state has a different response and different mandates and different restrictions. Okay. Alyssa, what do you want to say? No, yeah, like, I think, like, I totally agree with how states are handling it differently. And I think, like, especially in Massachusetts, um, we're seeing, especially now, since cases are going up, um, they've definitely gone back a few phases. Like, I know at the beginning, um, Governor Baker had the four-phase plan set out, and we've noticed that we haven't yet made it to phase four, but we're still stuck in, like, phase three, and we're even now going back to phase two. So it's interesting, it's interesting to see um, other states having different plans, because 
I know like I have cousins living in Pennsylvania. They have a completely different plan. It's like, it's like red, yellow, and green. It's like so weird. So um, we're definitely seeing that it was definitely hard for all the states to kind of um, deal with it in different ways. Emma, um, can you tell us what we mean? Because we're, we're talking about this because we're, we're studying this stuff. We talk about the term federalism all the time. But some of the people who are listening to this probably don't know what we're referring to. So what do we mean about federalism and how does this play a role with federalism? Well, um, federalism is when the power is split between two levels of government. So in our case, it's split between the state level and the federal level. And America specifically follows a system of um, cooperative federalism, more so in like modern years. So like the power, we like the state government and the federal government use their powers for like the same thing sometimes. So right now we're seeing that in that they're both making laws and like regulations on the same Thing, which is COVID regulations and the problems like start occurring when they make like contradictory laws on the same thing and it's confusing us like which one to follow and it gets really weird and like there's so many like caveats and things that you have to pay attention to it's confusing now Emma was there anything that you wanted to add so far in our discussion about COVID and the regulations and federalism yeah um Specifically, like I've been seeing TikToks about people from like southern states and they'll make jokes about how like they'll go into a supermarket and be like the only one with a mask on and it's like like funny and jarring. And to me, like from where we from like Massachusetts, that's insane to me to think that you could walk into a supermarket and see like you're the only one with a mask on. Because it just doesn't happen here. Like if I go to a supermarket, most everybody has their mask on. And if one person doesn't, they'd be like the outlier and not the reverse. And I think it's insane to think that like just in like another state in the same country that people are having such like vast different, vastly different experiences. It's scary. So you, you think of that as being scary. Um, do you think something should be done about that? Definitely. I think if any change, like we're so far behind, I feel like the rest of the world, like globally in dealing with this pandemic. And it's because of things like that. It's because some states, are taking it seriously or at least trying to and then we have states that aren't and it's just we're never going to like progress forward and get past this if not everybody is on the same page and dealing with it so if we're going to have some sort of response that might do what you would want to do emma and, and try to make a national response to that do, do we have a, a way to do that is there a system in place that we've seen so far that could First of all, mandate, say, masks all over the place, all over the entire country. Does our system of federalism really make room for that sort of thing? Um, I can answer this question. Um, I did read an article, not the one that I did for my current events, but something about how Joe Biden can't actually enforce a mask mandate nationally. Like he can the, the most he can do is meet with the governors of each state and like highly encourage it. Um, I'm not really sure the whole um, like ins and outs of the situation, but it obviously is like a concern and a plus for the like the federalist government because the states have rights to like knock down laws that they deem un- unconstitutional. But then when it comes to issues like the coronavirus, when you really need a national response because states are handling things differently, 
and then the country as a whole is struggling. Um, it's difficult to not have a response from the federal like administration. So federalism is both like a positive thing for our government and also a negative thing. It just really depends on the situation and I guess what your political ideology is as well. So uh, here's a question that I have about the, the masks and, and here in Massachusetts where, as Emma pointed out, we expect to see people wearing them all the time. What happens if you don't? If I go to the grocery store, as Emma said, or if I, if I go to a public place and I don't put a mask on, what kind of ramifications am I going to face? Alyssa? Yeah, I think, well, at least here in Massachusetts, um, a lot of stores or restaurants, they're kind of enforcing it. Um, like if someone walks in without a mask on, usually the employees will be like, oh, like you have to put a mask on. Um, it's just like our policy. Um, and if you don't, you're probably just not going to be allowed in the store or the restaurant. But when it comes to like different states, um, they might not enforce it and they might just look at you like you're a crazy person, um, not wearing a mask. So I guess it's different for any store, any business, um, across America. So here in Massachusetts, we're really putting the onus of enforcing this on individual businesses, individual places of business, private entities to enforce this. Have you heard of anybody actually getting arrested for not wearing a mask? Has anybody faced any kind of legal repercussions from your experience anyway for not wearing a mask? I think the only thing that can really happen to you is like at least in Boston, I think you might be fined a couple hundred dollars in public if you weren't wearing a mask. But I think that might just have to do with Boston and maybe not Massachusetts as a whole. Um, I do know though that like if it really is up to like the businesses themselves. If someone enters without wearing a mask and then they don't do anything about it. Like for example, there's a store in Hanson that my dad goes to um, and he went in with his mask on and no one else was wearing a mask in there. And he was also obviously like very concerned because you know, you're supposed to be wearing a mask, even if it is inside a private business, it's encouraged everywhere. Um, so he ended up calling the Hanson board of health and then I know that's usually a process that they follow for other businesses. If someone calls up the Hanson Board of Health or the Board of Health for that town or city, they'll come in and like do an evaluation. And like, that business can face ramifications as a whole, but maybe not the individual person themselves. Yeah, what we're seeing here is really what amounts to uh, a civil penalty that when states or municipalities are creating these rules, people aren't being arrested, they're not being thrown in jail. If you go into the grocery store and you refuse to wear a mask, what's the worst that's going to happen to you? They'll ask you to leave. And if you if you refuse to leave, then you're trespassing and then the police could get involved. And at that point, you're getting in trouble, not because you're not wearing a mask, but because of, of other legal ramifications you got yourself into. So if we went to a national mask mandate, which hasn't been announced or not even formally discussed in any way that I know of. Do you think it would be similar to what we see in a state like Massachusetts where it, the onus would be put on businesses to enforce? Or do you think it would just be a, hey, we want you to wear a mask and for the first time the federal government is sending out a consistent message? What do you think, Emma, what do you think that the government would do? Would, do you think they would 
mandate that everybody wear a mask facing criminal or civil penalties or just ask people to wear a mask? I think it'd be more likely that they just ask people to wear a mask. And even if they did try to enforce the first one and try to like actually enforce it, I just don't see it like happening because it's such a big country. And I feel like it'd be really, really difficult to actually mandate that for like as best as they could for any, every individual person. So I think it just makes more logical sense for it to be the second one, even if that's not as like effective. Alyssa, what do you think? Do you think they'd mandate it or do you think they would just ask people? I kind of agree with Emma. Um, I think people would just, they would just ask people because unfortunately there's people out there who aren't gonna like follow that mandate if it was because of like criminal purposes, like if that were to follow if you weren't wearing a mask. And so I think they'll just ask businesses to like make it their policy so it's um, less strict. Eve, what do you think? Think they make people do it? Or do you think the government might just ask? I think they'll definitely just ask. Um, yeah, I agree with Emma. It's just too large a country for you to assign any sort of like criminal or legal ramifications against that. Um, I think there'd be like too many lawsuits for them to keep up with because people would refuse to wear masks. So it, I think we'd just definitely be highly encouraged and like the most like penalty, I guess you could face would probably be some sort of fine. It's interesting that, uh, Emma, you mentioned earlier the model of federalism that we've been looking at this year and, and talking about the, the two different types. There's cooperative federalism and then there's the old style of dual federalism where the federal government does what it does and the states do what they do. This is a really good example, as you pointed out, of, of that cooperative model. The federal government's going to ask the states to do something but it's not going to order them to do it and it may not even be feasible for them to do it. So I think you're all, all three of you, uh, I, I tend to agree with you that I think the government may just ask people. I, I agree with you, Eve, especially I don't, I don't see them being able to enforce this in any kind of way, but it is interesting to see the perspectives from different parts of the country. I have family in other parts of the country who experience and think about this in a very different way than we do. And uh, I, maybe, uh, maybe that kind of, Difference in opinion is healthy sometimes in American politics. Maybe sometimes it's not. Did anybody want to say anything else about the, the government's response to coronavirus and our concept of federalism? I don't want to cut anybody off if anybody else had any ideas. So that, um, yes. Yeah, so. I think um, right now, it's, oh, sorry. <laughs> I, it like froze for a second. Okay. Um, okay. Um, so I think like right now, I think more like obviously there's no national mass mandate right now, but I think what they're really focused on is getting the vaccine distributed. Um, obviously, we're still in phase one with um, um, first responders, but I think they want to keep phases as quickly as they can. Um, I know like some teachers at Women Hanson have been saying like um, that they could expect their vaccine to be around April. But like we like like always, it, we don't know. It's um, very unprecedented times, as they say. Um, but what do you guys think about the vaccine? Like, what are your opinions on it? Um, yeah, I think I think at least so far, the federal government has been okay in distributing it to the states. Um, I know I know there's like instances instances in some states where there's like purposeful. Um, 
damage of the vaccines or like people are leaving them out. So there's some like sabotage going on because some people really don't want to take the vaccine. Um, I think I know Trump had his Operation Warp Speed, which was his plan to try to get the vaccines rolled out to the states as fast as possible. Um, So I think we'll have to see how Joe Biden also takes over that project and see if maybe he changes the way the distribution goes. Um, Like maybe teachers will get it earlier than expected and see if, I don't know, because they're regulating the vaccine, but I think the states have a little bit more control over who it goes to in the specifics. Um, So I think it'll be interesting to see how Joe Biden's administration rolls out the vaccine and if they change anything about his plan. Emma, do you have any any take on the vaccine? Uh, Not really. I have my mom got it, which was like shocking to me only because she works at a hospital, but not like she like is a greeter. So she like sits out and like is like kind of like a secretary. So when she texted all of us that she got it, I was like shocked. And I think it's a good thing because she is obviously coming in like close contact with people like all the time who might have the virus. It was just like shocking to me that she got it because she's only had this job for like two months or something like that. And like she's already vaccinated like way sooner than she would have been otherwise. Still on the front line. So we still need to slow down the spread as as much as we possibly can. All really good examples of federalism. I think all of you are pointing out the fact that we have a national government that may not be as able or interested in controlling the kind of rollout that they want to leave it up to the states. And do you want to see, would you want to see a much stronger federal government that would be more capable of administering something like a vaccine with the notion that that would mean greater federal control in other areas of life as well? Do you want to see, I I guess, uh, Alyssa, we'll start with you. Would you want to see a generally more powerful federal government or are you okay with the states having their power and and having their freedom to do what they want to do? Um, I think, I think the federal government should, um, kind of have a take on it because I think it would be, um, more encouraging to more states to participate in wearing a mask or maybe getting the vaccine when it's um, available to them. But I think the states are still doing a great job at their phase plans and their mask mandates. Eve, what do you think? Would you want to have a much stronger federal government that would be able to roll out a vaccine dispersal more efficiently, but might also be a little bit more controlling of your life? Um, I actually think about this a lot when I think about politics because I think of like different issues and I talk with a lot of different people because a lot of people want the government less controlled in their lives. But then I also think about the um, like I think about other countries that I know of, like Ireland, I really know like they're obviously they're a much smaller country, so it's a lot easier for their government to have more control. Um, But I would like to see I think I would like to see the federal government in America have more power, but I think it's definitely important that we have the federalist system because when it comes to things like abortion, like certain judges can block, I don't know, like certain issues like states can block themselves um, and not enforce a law here. So it definitely depends on the issue 
when I think about it, because in some issues, on some political issues, I wish the federal government would have more power. And on some, I wish they would have less. So it really depends for me. But I think in terms of the vaccine, I definitely would want the federal government to have more power. I imagine probably most Americans would agree with you and, and would feel similarly that they want they want to enjoy some of their rights uh, without too much federal control. Emma, what do you think? We'll wrap up our discussion on the virus with, with you. Yeah, um, I agree with Eve. I think it's a really nuanced discussion, but I think for this specific issue of the pandemic, I'd rather the federal government take more control and just have more power because it's exhausting at this point. And I think um, with the federal government taking more control, it would just make a more cohesive plan and it'd be maybe be over a bit quicker. All right. Now, before we go, uh, Alyssa, you also wanted to talk to us a little bit today about the topic you did a little bit of research on and you were looking at some race relations. What did you want to what you want to bring up with that? Yeah, so um, I kind of did something different than even Emma. I kind of focused more on political ideologies, especially this year with like the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, my article was specifically about um, a boy, he was 19, his name was Aiden. He was shot um, by a white man in Oregon. And it was a very, and it was sad because it was in a liberal town of a very conservative area. And um, it was because they said like he was playing his music too loud and um, the shooter, his name's Keegan, he um, punched him and he claimed it was self-defense even though the autopsy clearly didn't show that. So I think like this kind of, I kind of titled my article um, to um, like how loud music is kind of how it kind of influences the voices of the people in that town because after this incident people were writing and kind of like talking about um how this was such an injustice to their community and um it's just another name on the list that had to be checked off and it shouldn't have been checked off and um we lost another person especially in this time and um we're just seeing an increase in systematic racism and and it's just not fair. It certainly was the one of the major overarching political stories of, of the last year. And one of the things that we try to tackle in our class is try to figure out uh, how does government play a role in this? So we have a separation between government and politics, government being the organizations and the rules and the the people who are enforcing and making those rules, and then the politics, you know, the decision-making behind all of that. Why do we choose to vote for who we choose to? And then why do those people make the choices in deciding the rules and in creating the laws that will ultimately govern us? If you see race as being a, a serious issue that we need to deal with, and I obviously agree with you, what do you think the federal government could do about this? We're focusing in our class about the federal government. We, we can't go at necessarily at a state-by-state state basis because we'd have to know all 50 states and all of their varying laws. And as you ladies already pointed out, the states do things differently all the time. So we tend to focus in, in our class on just what the federal government can do. So Alyssa, from your perspective, 
Do you think there's anything that the federal government could do to address and help us ease these racial tensions we seem to be feeling? Um, I think especially, like, it's kind of hard because what's happening, I guess, is we're trying to promote um, people who are in elections to um, prevent these types of events to happen. So I think, like, um, especially I'm going to bring up kind of more of the kind of like the George Floyd um, incident. I think what we need to see, especially with um, the police, um, we keep seeing these um, poli police who are violating um, laws to continue to be reinstated, which shouldn't be happening. And I think there's an issue in the courts, especially um, with that. So I think um, the court system, especially judges need to recognize that and listen to um, the voices of the people who are rioting and saying, this is what's wrong with this. And this is why they cannot stay in the system. And um, I think, especially like with the police, there also needs to be more laws to restrict the systematic racism issue. Eve, do you think that the federal government should make some rules that would restrict individual local or state or county police departments in how they deal with situations? Do you think the federal government should step in and force rules or stick with more of our, again, cooperative federalism kind of model and just encourage the states to make rules or laws? What's your take on that? Um, I think when it comes to this, like, there's only so much encouragement that could be done in the end. I mean, like these are people's lives on the line, literally with the police. I think there needs to be, even if a broad, like a broader definition, broader regulations on like de-escalation training as a result so that there's like a baseline um, that all states have to follow more strictly and like police should have, you know, more training like as a baseline and it's not, different in other states because when you compare like um like acts of violence committed by the police like across i mean definitely some states are higher than the other and you have to wonder why and then you look at their police systems and you see it's only required six months of police training in that state um and it's just like some people especially like people of color, they can't like afford to just move to a different state and like hope the police will treat them better there. So I think there needs to be like a federal guideline baseline, like across the board. It doesn't have to go into like necessarily specifics, but just a more, just more laws focused on like de-escalation rather than violence, like immediate resort to violence, I guess, when it comes to these situations. Okay. Now, Emma, I'm going to take what those lady said, and I'm going to now put this on you. So they want to see something done. They want to see, or at least Eve has mentioned that she would like to see some federal rules or federal regulations. Let's think back to the carrot and the stick between those two forms of federal regulation, one where the federal government can either mandate stuff by, by carrying out regulatory enforcement, the old stick, 
or they can use grant money and entice states and communities to spend a little bit more on police training or change their rules of being more of the, the carrot. Emma, what would you think might work better in addressing nationally the need for police training reform? Do you want to see a little bit more of the carrot or do you want to see the stick? Do you want to see some kind of national regulation or do you want to see maybe mandates and some money to entice the states to do it? I think I'd rather the stick. I think I'd rather, well, not prefer. I don't know. I think regulatory would work better, maybe. I think that would, uh, I don't know. I think regulatory and like having ground rules would probably work better and like saying this is what you have to do nationally and this is what we want rather than like enticing maybe i don't know fair enough listen nobody has the answer to these questions this is why they are such big issues this is why they they dominate the news cycle Alyssa, you brought it up so we'll wrap things up with you what do you think? Do you think there should be more of the, the carrot or the stick in how the federal government deals with the issue of police violence and training? I I agree with Emma with stick. Um, but I think also like um, I think there should be more federal laws, kind of like what Eve said. But I think also there needs to be more um, rights on the actual like crime and the defendant because Clearly, that's like one of the political ideologies that's very like set apart. And um, I think if they focused more on what the what happened in the actual crime to the per to the victim, then it would be less about the police than it would be. It would be more about the victim than it would be about the police. And that's a, a whole other issue that we'd have to bring up, and, and a whole other area of of funding that would that we'd have to talk about. Well, thank you very much, ladies. Uh, I appreciated your conversation. I think maybe later on this year, as we study more and more, you're going to see that some of the issues that you brought up today, things like even you consider civil rights issues, very often in our country's history, those haven't been handled by a, a government that makes the laws. It hasn't been even handled by the part of the government that enforces the laws, as I think you're going to see later on. A lot of that comes down to the courts and how they interpret the laws. And, and we're going to examine some cases later on this year where we'll see how that's been tested in our history. And, and uh, maybe we'll have a different outlook on this later. Very good. Thank you very much. You did a great job. Thank you for your Thank input. Thank you. <laughs>